welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services, and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Today we hear from Mark Norton, CEO at Composite Profiles, an award-winning metal decking contractor and specialist in composite floor and structural roof decking. Composite Profiles was founded 30 years ago by Mark's father, and Mark has been with the company for over 25 years himself. Mark is also an experienced director with a demonstrated history of success in the construction industry and has a great passion for leadership. This wonderfully varied conversation ranges in subjects from Mark's transition from the banking sector into the construction industry, working with his father, and how the company and the industry has changed in that quarter of a century that Mark has been involved in it, to how the 2008 financial crisis changed his perceptions of his role within the company, his natural affinity for building teams, how his leadership style has evolved, and why his involvement in community projects is so important to him. I really hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Mark, to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. It's very nice to be here, Warren. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. We're going to talk a a little bit about your personal journey, some views you may have on the construction industry, some of the volunteering community work you do, and some time at the end maybe for some quick-fire questions. So let's see how we go. So for our listeners, perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about Composite Profiles, uh, what it does, but also how you uh, came to be involved in the business. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Composite Profiles is uh, works in the construction sector, and we're specialists in flooring and roofing solutions in mainly industrial and commercial buildings. Uh, it was started by my dad over over 30 years ago, and that's exactly how I became involved in it, and that was 25 years ago now, uh, just a bit more than that, actually. And I still remember the call from my dad, uh, and I was working at uh, I was working at NatWest Bank at the time, okay. looking after other companies, uh, so I was working in their corporate sector. Wow. And um, I was at my desk, and, uh, and I got a call from my dad, and he said... Um, uh, I'm getting quite busy. Uh, I need to take some other people on. Uh, your mum thought you might be interested. Which I, I never, I never, I never, I never forget that uh, that wording. Do you, do you want to come and do you want to come and join? And um, I'd work with my boss at the time, and he said, "Well, you've kind of got to go for that." And actually, what was what was even better was he said, "If that doesn't work out, give me a call. You can come back and work yeah. here anytime." Those sort of things you remember, aren't they, when people say yeah, that to you? Yeah, yeah, uh, and it was great. And, and then I, I really, I really thought, well, I have nothing to lose here. I have nothing to lose at all. So I could have up sticks, moved back, uh, moved back to the pool. Area. Oh, so you weren't even in living in the area. No. So it was a complete no. change. So it was a complete you. complete change, uh, and and that was that was the start of uh, of a whole new 
uh, new era. Um, funny enough, that summer, which was '98, um, I met uh, I met my wife that summer as well. So it was okay. that, that that summer of '98 was a job change move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> met, met what, what turned out to be my wife. Uh, so it was great. Perfect. Oh, yeah, and a momentous summer. Um, but there must have been quite a transition for you then to come from the kind of banking sector into the construction industry. And can you remember that transition and how you perhaps had to adjust as an, an individual and evolve as a person? Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I, I was fresh, fresh in. Uh, yeah. And I was helping out uh, initially on the, on the drawing side of things. So I, I had a lot of interest at school in doing technical drawing and, and that side of things. And it's, it's hard to think about now because it's so second nature but, and, and everything's on the computer. But at the time, uh, these kind of uh, CAD drawings were only really, uh, they were in, but they, they weren't fully widespread. There was still a lot of hand-drawn hand uh, 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 items still going out. And I was brought in to um, uh, develop the hand-drawn system into the CAD system. And it was still extremely paper-based. Uh, the amount of post that we would get in a day, I mean, the, the postman earned his living just delivering to us with the amount of drawings we get. But it, it was it was a fresh break, and it probably took me quite a few months just to appreciate where I was and the opportunities that were there. Yeah. Uh, I'd been working super long hours at uh, the bank, which was just kind of expected for not very much money. And if I'm honest, I didn't start on very much money when I started for my dad either. But, uh, <laughs> That's family business. For you. That, was, that was not that was not a route to instant uh, uh, financial security <laughs> at all. But you slowly started to, I slowly started really enjoying it. And I really enjoyed working for my dad, actually. That was, that was quite, that was potentially, uh, or other people would see that as, as yeah. how on earth did you work with? Well, it was gonna, uh, I was going to come to ask you that question is, you know, that dynamic and father and son in businesses, sometimes it can work really well. Sometimes it, you know, works well in time, but you can butt heads to begin with. But it was always a smooth transition. Well, I think I appreciated that actually he had all the, he had all the knowledge. Yeah. So he, he's got absolute wealth of experience in the industry, and and I was keen to try and try and learn You're that. A little green, I suppose. And I was super green, yeah. uh, super super green. And there were times that, when I, in hindsight, I kind of realised that actually he was not giving me the answers to let me learn. Yeah. Um, probably didn't appreciate that at the time. Because that's kind of how I now have to do it with other people, but um, but yeah, just just to just to kind of think think back now, uh, and one of the one of the things I had to do immediately was I had to stop calling my dad my dad, yeah. uh, and we both could have agreed I'd call him Roy, and and for doing that for twenty twenty five years, I, especially now I've got kids, I, I almost have to try and get myself back into calling him yeah. dad rather than calling him by <laughs> his first name all the time, but that was quite important to. To, for, for us to establish that that we were both in the there was two relationships together. going on here there was a sort of father-son relationship and there was a work yeah boss. yeah yeah um and 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 that was that was great because we were very very small at the time yeah my mum was involved in the business as well okay and uh, and and that just uh, that just uh, that just grew really and and he he put all those initial foundations down. All those initial contacts were there. Apparently, on the phone, we sound quite alike. So okay. for years and years and years, I used to have people phoning me up. Uh, I'd pick up the phone and they'd say, "Hi, Roy," and then they'd go straight into a conversation, and I'd have to kind of hold back uh, to the extent that my brother once phoned us up and uh, and he called me dad. 
Wow. That must have been a bit surreal. <laughs> to say, I said, oh, wow, I've been told we sound alike on the phone, but this is going to be, uh, this is really bad if, if yeah. now my brother is, is, <laughs> is, is yeah, can't, can't do the two. And, you know, has the business changed, evolved, developed in that 25 years since then? Yeah, well, and some of the some of the key bits in there really were around uh, my parents getting older, mm-hmm. um, and uh, us taking on other people as well. So we took on uh, uh, Joel, and I, and I must admit I should have looked this up when it, when he joined, but uh, okay. quite a long time ago now, and it was one of the first key office positions we had. Um, and it was also a time that we then, because someone else was working in the office, we had people working remotely as well, but uh, working properly with us. Um, we actually put some uh, um, office hours. Uh, when you, yeah, remember when you were setting up yeah. your own business for the first time, you basically just worked. You do whatever it takes. You just worked all yeah. the time. So I was working, um, I was working ridiculously long hours, um, five and a half to six days a week. And, uh, and when Joel started, we, we said, well, we're going to have to give him some office hours. So we gave him half eight till five, I think. And then I was really keen to try and stick to that myself. Um, because otherwise it just looked really weird. And yeah. I remember working for the bank. Um, the culture was if you went on time or even half an hour late, you'd, you'd get kind of tutting and eye rolling and, oh, you're going early today, are you? And all that sort of things. And I just, I hated that. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. So, I mean, what Joel didn't realise was I would go home at five. Uh, and then I'd come back down at about half past six and then work yeah. till work till ten. Now he he didn't know that. No. Um he probably still doesn't know that. But um um but but again you do what you need to do. Yeah. So uh, Joe Joel came on board, you developed the business. Has the product and the service you've offered changed? Certainly the the service uh level. We've always been uh known as as a as a as a people orientated business and, and one that, that really believes in the products and the yeah. service that we're offering. Um, as you say, we're, we're a we're a business to business environment, but people buy from people, mm. and people always deal with people. So, people have to come first, whether that's your clients or your uh, the team around you, uh, and the language that you use in that is is really key. I, I'm um, uh, usually very careful about my language at work. Usually, hopefully, it comes naturally, but I'm mm. usually quite careful about um how how we're working uh the the products have evolved uh as well we we used to be uh, solely uh dealing in 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 floors we're now dealing in in roofs we've now taken on uh some concrete aspects as well as the steel uh okay. that, that so we're still flooring and roofing and now the concrete side of things. Yeah, and we get involved in, in protecting uh, 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 holes and voids on site with a, with a system we, we've branded up as, uh, as Hole Protect. Yeah. Um, and usually that's just keeping an eye on the market, talking to your clients and seeing where they need you yeah. to go uh, and, and what you're happy doing as well. Definitely. Um, because there's no point in overpromising. We, yeah. we we like to we like to say we're going to do something and do it really really well. That's yeah. that's that's what we we like to do as a business, and that's what I I personally like yeah. to do. Um, that kind of ties in with that kind of uh, strap line we've got of building excellence, which is yeah. all about doing the best you can mm. um, and being the best you can. 
uh, hopefully at all times. And some projects that I suppose we've got listeners all over the country and all over the world, but if we say on the south coast of England, any projects that our listeners might recognise that you've been involved in? Yeah, I mean, I mean locally um, in, in the pool area, um, the RNLI Training College is one of, our, okay. uh, one of our projects. The ASDA store next door to it is one of our projects. Uh, numerous things on the quay, actually, okay. uh, 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 are ours as well. Um, if you go slightly further afield, there's, some, there's a very unusual building in, uh, in Slough called The Curve, which is... Um, uh, now, I deal with usually rectangular pieces of metal so yeah. to create a building called the curve was, 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 quite, challenging. was quite a challenge <laughs> but um that's actually their uh, their central library and uh, i think it's their careers hub library community center okay. that side of things but we can get involved in in anything we we can do residential uh, uh buildings but they're usually quite large residential properties um office blocks hospitals um okay. Data centers is now quite a big uh, cloud storage is is um, is a big area of growth. Okay. Um, uh, I've done several uh, projects down at the um, special boat surface, uh, yeah. the special forces base in Paul, as well as okay. other military establishments yeah. around the UK. And uh, I've been in maximum security prisons um, okay. to help build Void varied facilities. Um, I've I've been into uh, I've been into Broadmoor. Uh, uh, okay. To which was possibly the most unusual place I've ever been to. I think. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> definitely. And in that journey, obviously, is your mum and dad still involved in the business? You know, or how you? You know, one of the things about a family business, isn't it? The first challenge is sometimes coming into a business, but then it's how does it transcend generations? So I'm just interested and in, to learn about you know how have you made that transition work and any hints and tips or lessons for anybody else listening that's perhaps going on that journey mark yeah they've uh, they've very gradually worked their way out yeah. um so uh, uh but that uh started working uh, four days a week started yeah. working three days a week we would uh lots of the uh lots of the, the literature that went out would suddenly take his name off and my name would go on there so all the all the quotes and the estimates that we'd send out to our clients uh he was still doing them um, okay. but they'd go out with my name on mm. and so there was um it probably wasn't a structured change there wasn't a really obvious uh there wasn't a moment there wasn't re- a really well, there probably wasn't a really well thought out plan if okay. i'm honest and that's yeah. probably it's kind of worked for us but i'm not sure i'd recommend that going yeah. forward you probably should have a little bit more structure in there um and 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 one of the the key ones for for, for them and for me actually was was yeah 2008 global financial crisis time yeah um uh the, the, the economy just stopped yeah uh, almost overnight i've i've certainly never known anything quite like that that time um and again if i if i look back and reflect now that's that was probably when my dad should have gone you know what yeah that, yeah we, we've done okay we don't need this anymore we can do this. but they they weren't going to do that because because i was heavily involved right. um but it was a time that i then had to really step up again yeah. <laughs> and think actually i need i need to i need to be doing this they they, they don't need this anymore but i really need this yeah. because it's uh i just uh, i just had um, uh, 
uh, Sam and I just had our first child and you suddenly oh, become okay. a dad just yeah. at the time. That responsibility starts to hit. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that was that moment that you, that you realise, right, well, I've really got to up my game here. Um, okay. And I probably initially did that by getting way more involved in the numbers side of the business. Okay. Um, uh, exactly your area of expertise. Yeah. Right. But yeah, um, and, and, and really, really understanding what that meant. What, what, what did we, what, if this is what we wanted, what did, what did the top line need to be to get to the bottom line? What, what, are, the, what are the percentages need to be? Um, started to um, look across the industry as well. And we're quite a small industry, but okay, are, are we trying to achieve things that other people are doing or are we, are we out on a limb somewhere? Um, so yeah, really, really digging down on the, the numbers. And that, that's, that's a key thing for anyone. Mm. coming in and wanting to get to the top is really really understanding yeah i often say so, you, know, you don't obviously need to be an accountant but you do need to understand your business model and how the numbers work and how you yeah. and how you generate cash yeah. and consequently how do you generate profit yeah oh completely i mean when i was at the when i was at the bank i used to deal with uh, uh a lot of businesses and, and and they were getting a lot of advice from accountants and yeah. and and it was that classic um difference between what the bank was interested in and what accountants were interested in and we used to get accountants phone us up saying well this business is profitable yeah. and we'd say yeah but they haven't got any cash uh, and, and we needed them to have cash to keep their yeah. accounts going and um and and that that went on and on so i, I learned i learned a lot in a short amount of time at the bank yeah uh, about the importance of cash and, yeah. and luckily my parents especially my mum's always been quite um conservative with a small c quite prudent around the, the the finances so that really that did set up a good base so we when uh so when you we can withstand short-term shocks yeah. uh and, and we've really continued that through yeah um so we don't you know rob the company of of, of everything yeah. we 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 very much look uh five five yeah, ten kind of ten prudent years. conservative longer term view yeah, and I think that's uh, I, I think that's that's done us the world of good yeah. uh, to to take that to take that view um, because things things will happen mm. um, and I, I, I mean I've noticed in, in my time there seems to be a uh, a narrowing of um, uh, the highs and lows of any economy yeah. uh, in terms of time scales. I mean I. I I did economics at university and mm. see, I look back to the kind of 1920s and 1940s and that time scale between the highs and the lows yeah. definitely seems to be narrowing. It doesn't really feel like we've had a good run at all since 2008 even, doesn't it, really, if you look at the numbers? No, it's... it's uh, steady, but it's not. Yeah, and actually I'm, I'm okay with steady. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, can, you, can, yeah, you can manage your business in steady we didn't expect a pandemic pandemic to come along but <laughs> that's probably a, a discussion for another day and I, I what I'm really interested in then is in 2008 you know you start to take more responsibility for the business the, it sounds like the transition was because of the family relationships there not, seems to be a lot of trust there you've transitioned quite well and it's transitioned over time and, and, and that's great but you must have found yourself at that point you know you've said about the responsibilities of being a father and all of those things working more and more hours and we talked earlier about what the whatever it takes mentality which is we agreed is how you start in business but it's not the healthiest outlook on life did there come a time when you changed that kind of outlook and just thought actually no i have got children i have got 
interests outside of life and I need to do get get better in balance and not leave at five and turn up at the office at half six again yeah and that's trusting in other people uh uh, and that was as we took more people on trusting trusting in them and also working with uh, some some other people as a as a construction sector which is not necessarily known at investing and trusting in people um i remember a time where uh they uh, would offer complete 100 percent funding i think it was to uh to go down the investors in people yes so we saw that as an opportunity and we had a couple of assessors come in and one of which i then started to work with apart from uh, apart from that and he was the first person we had in that actually would challenge us about okay. a little bit about what yeah. was going on uh, which was which was which was absolutely uh, fab on the numbers side of things um, uh, uh, my brother's a trained accountant now works and lives overseas uh, but I always knew that I could pick up the phone to him mm. and actually have a super, super honest conversation around, yeah. I don't understand this at all. What, what, what does that number mean? What does, what does that mean? Um, can you help me with this? In a way that sometimes ego doesn't let you to do yeah. too much. You sometimes yeah, can pretend that you, you know yeah. what you're talking about. Uh, and, but I, I, I had a couple of outlets there that I yeah. could... I could uh, properly open up to yeah. and say help yeah. um and and that, and that 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 was was that was really really good and so i'm, I'm not sure there was a single trigger no. but i but I, but um i actually started enjoying the business more i actually okay. found as we took on more people i actually i actually enjoyed that more and more yeah. uh which was uh um uh, which was interesting, and and sometimes it's when you sit here and kind of reflect on those things, you start to realise that that was actually going on rather yeah, than noticing it at the time. Um, and we did some things in in more recent years about actually our personality types and our profiles and that side yeah. of things. And and uh, I came out as uh, loving building teams. Okay. And I kind of looked at the results of that, and I thought, yeah, I know, I know that. Yeah. That, that wasn't a major surprise to me when it came out. Uh, what was a major surprise was the fact that there's people completely on the opposite side yeah. that, that hate doing that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and so actually, as the team grew, I was enjoying it more because that was naturally how I like to do things um, and how I like to uh, push out and trust and see other people grow and, yeah. uh, and, and, and watch them get better and better and better. Um, uh, what was interesting after that was I think this was the same chap actually that we dealt with uh, years back. He did a 360 feedback and he he came in to see me and and he was quite nervous and he and he, and he said, "Oh, Mark, I've got something to tell you." Um, uh, one of the people in your team, who's one of the project managers, has told me that he doesn't think you're the best at doing project management. And I chuckled and I laughed to, to him <laughs> and uh, and he said, "Oh, that wasn't the reaction I was thinking." And I said, "But well, it doesn't say project manager on my." on my email yeah. footers it doesn't say project manager on my <laughs> on my card it says, i said that's why i employ him yeah. he's a much better project manager than me um uh, actually my mum said once when she was looking to to greatly reduce and, and get out she says oh i bet you're going to find somebody that's better than me 
I didn't quite know how to answer that really because I was, <laughs> I was like, no disrespect man but you've done really well she did really really well looking after numbers and finance yeah. and lots of the admin side of the business really really good but I certainly didn't want to employ anyone that was yeah. worse yeah. I kind of wanted to employ somebody yeah. that was better as we all do as we progress and the business grows in size we employ better we employ the talent don't we and all of those yeah. kind of things yeah so you definitely somebody that has developed and evolved and How's your leadership style, do you think, changed over the years? Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting one. I think a lot of the stuff I learned about leadership I learned when I was uh, working for, for uh, working at the bank. Yeah, because you see lots um, of different people and in lots of different ways and doing it in yeah. lots of different styles. Uh, lots of managers in the office I was in as well. And um, uh, and I think I'm okay saying, when I, when I first joined, after a month or so, I got invited into a a, 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 a room of, and they they'd been after feedback from their from the whole team. And one of the words that was on the board about the management in the office was, "I detest him." <laughs> and I did so. I did rather think, "What have I? What it's have a I bit done? Direct. <laughs> what have I done?" Uh, I'm in an office where people people detest. Oh, it's quite a strong word. Quite, yeah. I very much remember the word. Um, now I didn't have that relationship with my boss in the office, uh, and I really enjoyed him. But actually, he 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 spoke to people like people. Yeah. Um, and part of my job there was actually to uh, interact with a lot of the transactional team that were kind of behind the scenes at the bank doing all the processing. Uh, and again, I went in super green, didn't know anything. So my my style was to stand up, go and visit them, speak yeah. to them face-to-face, ask for them some help, admit that I didn't know. And the reaction I got from them was, was fab. I thought, that, I thought they were all brilliant. Yeah. Um, really good. Totally underrated, totally underappreciated. Um, but you kind of remember that kind of stuff, and you remember that small things like thank you and, and yeah. uh, do go a long way. Absolutely. You don't necessarily need to... Nobody's expecting to be paid, you know, in the top five percent in the UK. Yeah. But you can just a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of appreciation goes mm, goes definitely. a long, long way. And that's certainly something that I think we've we do very strongly uh, yeah. uh, in the business. Uh, conversely to that, the 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 bit I've always struggled with is actually then giving a uh, 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 challenge and, and negative yeah. feedback so um, I still do yeah. I still good, struggle with that yeah good yeah, good leadership looks like high support yep. which by the sounds of it is you're good at that but it's also high challenge and it's, that's how you get a high performing team is high support yeah. high challenge isn't it and you've got to have the co- combination of the two yeah so I'm totally out of my comfort zone when I when I go okay. down that line but I, I at least these these days in the last few years there's a big appreciation that actually I need to do it yeah. And um, and you and if you if you're not pulling up the 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 bad performance, bad attitudes, yeah. bad um, uh, behaviours and values as well, yeah. um, then and not that we not yeah we've got a really good team, so not that this yeah. crops up uh, very much at all. Uh, but I realised that everybody else in the business knows. They all know this stuff. Yeah, um, they see it. Yeah, they see it. They see it before you see it. So, inevitably. Uh, uh, I said to a friend of mine once. I said, if I came into your, uh, if I came into your business, and I said, um, 
I need your go-to person. Who's there? Who's always there? Who, who can just get everything done? I said, I guarantee they're all going to point to the same person. Yeah. And I said, so they know it. Yeah, your team know it. And I said, and equally, if, if I came in and, and said, who's the biggest yeah. idiot? Who's the pain in the ass? Who's the pain in the ass? Yeah. Who's the biggest dickhead, basically, in here? Yeah. I said, I'll tell you now, they're all going to point to the same person. Yeah. So they all know. Yeah. And, and, and then you realise you, you, you're good, high-performing people get really annoyed that you're not addressing yeah. uh, addressing um, those things. Or actually, you sp- you, sometimes you're spending too long, too, too much yeah. time dealing with those people. Definitely. And you're and not, not spending enough, enough <laughs> with the high performers that can help you achieve and yeah. succeed. Yeah. Your, your middle performers, your high performers. It becomes a distraction. Yeah. yeah. And what would, you, what, would you, what would you rather have? I, I saw... Um, I love Simon Sinek's video about... He talks to the... You, um, about going to see the Navy SEALs, about yeah. trust and, and, and performance, and what would you, yeah, what, what would you rather, what would they rather have, and what yeah. would you rather have? Um, and I've I've looked at that. I used to actually, it's, it's not on my wall at the moment, but I, I had a a blank graph on my on my wall uh, with um, performance on uh, on the north to south axis yeah. and, and and attitude, values, behaviours on the kind of east to west axis. Uh, with dotted lines you create four boxes Um, and it's it's kind of obvious that everyone really wants great attitude great performance but what do the other three boxes mean and I you know uh, and and I and and I I I I plotted everybody on that graph really quickly yeah. Um, which was fascinating. Not the, the version on the wall, though. <laughs> Not the one on the wall. So the one on the wall is blank. But in my mind, yeah, you, I've, you could plot. And I still, and I still know. I still yeah. know if I still know where I'd put everyone on that graph. Yeah. And, I, and any new starters we have, I well, it was it was on my wall, so it was really it was really yeah. obvious. I, sh- I I tell them what it is and, yeah. and ask them where they where they want to be. And just the fact they've been employed by us yeah. means that they are they are in the uh, good attitude good values good behaviors yeah. side of side of that graph um now if they're new into the industry yeah they don't know anything so actually the performance can be low and that's fine because that's the coaching box yeah, you know you can the, you yeah. can you know, i can give them the skills yeah but it's very difficult to i always say attitude. i still say i think you interview you know in a professional environment you take to a certain degree that the technical skills are there or they're you know, if they've got the intelligence and the background and they can prove that, you can teach them. It's the aptitude and attitude. Yeah. It's exactly that, Mark, that, you know, you want to see. Because when you see that, you can make, a, you know, they're either a great person already or you can make them a great person. Yeah, I see that a lot and I now see it, uh, I now see it um, in my kids and I can see it in my kids' sports yeah. as well and I can look at their teams and I can see the teams that culturally have I think I've got it right, yeah. uh, and, and equally the ones that yeah. haven't got it right. But it's a, and I, I think if we're really honest as business owners, business leaders, and I've put myself in this camp because I've done this, is the box we compromise far too often is the performers, but with the wrong attitudes. Yeah, I, I, I go along with that 100%. You know, the bottom um, left-hand corner is easy to deal yeah. with. We all yeah. can deal with that. The one we all probably struggle with yeah. is the person that's probably performing, giving you the results but doesn't fit doesn't yeah. fit the culture rubs people up the wrong way yeah all of that then i realized that's your um, uh, that's your toxic box yeah uh, and those ripples that come out yeah. from those people are are huge and the ripples seem small and then over time you realize that actually they're bigger and bigger and bigger so um uh, and 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 that was 
that realization was was mm. fascinating to me as well because actually when you're small and I've and I've heard uh, I've been to a number of business things some of the ones you've you've run yourself uh, Warren you've got people on stage and yeah. they talk about when you're quite small you're kind of like oh please don't leave me please don't mm. leave me and uh, uh, but actually what we have found is that Every time somebody's left, actually, it enables you to, to reevaluate what you were really looking for in that person. Because regardless of how good they were, attitude or, or performance-wise, there were things they did amazingly and there were things that you wish yeah. you could slightly improve. So it just enables you to reset slightly. Uh, but as a general rule, we've usually re-employed better hmm. for, for, the, for the next time. So once you've done that the first two, three times, you start to, you start to get a little bit more relaxed about people moving on. And we're in a different world these days from when yeah. when I was younger and you thought you had one career yeah. for, for your entire life actually you know my kids are probably going to have multiple yeah, uh, uh, careers and, and that's and that's fine yeah. as uh, you know I I've said to new starters before and, and existing team members like you're kind of you're kind of guardians you're custodians of, of your job if you can make that job if you can leave that job in a better state uh, than than you took it on yeah. then then that's what I. That's what I want you to do. I want you to take that that your role, and kind of make it easier for the next person. Whether that's that person being promoted and moving into a different sphere, or whether that's them exiting and, and yeah, pursuing a new a new passion, and somebody else coming in. Um, but I think that's worked. Uh, I think that's worked well for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's helped get you the culture and the values. And although it's evolved over time fundamentally some of those values when it was just the family live with the business today yeah i mean actually funny if we've mentioned uh, the word trust quite a bit actually mm. in, in the early stages and, and building trust is is still one of our one of our core values um and actually it's funny when you have these conversations you suddenly realize actually yeah, that's interesting because that comes all the way back from it goes all, it goes all the way back to, the heritage of that. Uh, yeah. to, to, to to be in there and and, and it is um and that's with 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 people in the team and with clients, um, uh, that that does need to be, you know, people need to like you. They definitely need to trust you mm. if uh, if they're going to uh, engage you, and not just once, but repeat. You know, a lot of our clients are, are, are repeat, repeat, uh, repeat clients, and that's yeah. that's yeah. that's great. Build that rapport and trust. And yeah. I suppose we should move on and just touch on the construction industry. The construction industry in itself. You've got probably so many diverse types of businesses, you know, different ownerships from big PLCs to one-man bands to family businesses, you know, very entrepreneurial businesses. And there can be a lot of conflict within the construction industry because you've typically got lots of different businesses, different skill sets collaborating. How have you found a way of succeeding in that environment, Mark? No, it's, it's I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great question because we are uh, the sec the sector is is massive. Yeah, for the UK economy, the sector is is absolutely massive, and and sometimes we don't come with the um, uh, uh, the best reputation as a, as a sector. I think that's probably harsh um, because everything that everywhere that people work and live has come through the construction sector. Everything they've bought has come through there at some stage. Um, we. We very much stick to uh, what we think we're really, really good at. Uh, one is engaging with people and engaging with people early on. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier, we're very much a people-to-people -people business rather mm -hmm. than the B2B. 
Uh, and we are, yeah, we're in a small sector and we are experts in what we do. Uh, and so people are aware of that, but you've got to, uh, you've got to know that uh, the, 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 the knowledge that you're sharing, uh, uh, they've got to have reliance that that knowledge is, is true. Um, we've, we've never tried to cut corners to make you know, a fast, fast buck. We see the long-term yeah. gain very much at the core of what we do. Um, but you're, you're right, it is, it is a challenge. Our client base has changed quite a bit over the years. Um, we typically work on, with, in the steel industry, so we typically work on steel frame buildings. And, I, and when my dad was uh, 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 running things, vast majority of our clients were steel fabricators. Um, and that's almost completely switched now. We work for large main contractors primarily. Um, uh, but we still have those, those links in with the steel fabricators because they're an integral part. Um, and I mean, I was on site this week and, and it, was, it was clear that although the main contractor is my client, actually the person that really is really affecting my work is, 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 is the team that's putting up the steel frame. Yeah. So we just kind of engaged everybody in that conversation. Uh, and the industry has got a lot better in, in that collaborative approach. Yeah. See, we do now get invited to early meetings, and we have done for, for several years now, where uh, sometimes they're post-it note meetings. So all the subcontractors are in the room, and they, they literally kind of pretty much hand over to the subcontractors and go, right, fundamentally, you guys have got to build this. Um, so what do you need to get your works underway? What do you need to get your works underway? Yeah. And we can, we can create the plan uh, in, in the room. Uh, they're, 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 the first few I did were quite fun yeah. and interesting, actually. Um, uh, but that is a change in approach because the construction industry historically has been very blame culture orientated and litigious really um but you've seen a change in the industry have you yeah it's not everywhere no. yet um and i think i think it's uh i think it will continue to head in that direction yeah. uh when people see that as a success and it's usually a little bit of a cyclical uh item when things get a little bit tighter in the economy yeah, um, looking for their pound aren't they yeah tight belts and then uh and and, and, we, and we've seen that with big examples of, of things that haven't gone well. Um, you look at um, well, several years ago now, but uh, you know, uh, the, 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 the Grenfell incident and the, and the investigation that led off the back of it, that, that hasn't shown the construction industry in a, in a, yeah. in a good light um, at all. Um, and I'm not an expert on that subject, so I won't go no. too 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 far into that in case I get myself in into in, <laughs> in, 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 in all sorts of, of trouble. Um, but you could see that that, that wasn't the yeah. industry working. There wasn't a collaborative like, approach to that. Yeah. Too short termism. Yeah. Too much looking at money. Uh, and it's frustrating when we still fall down that trap. And we yeah. do. And we do. I mean, not not no, in a dangerous yeah. way uh, that that was. But we still we still do that we we um you know our our ideal in a way if, if you know look at the dreams going forward is pretty much we're 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 collect, we're selecting our clients uh the ones that actually do believe in that kind of stuff do want to get us on board very very early we've kind of got all our knowledge we've got all the knowledge that they need um i know i know the costing knowledge 
almost off the top of my head. I know mm. how fast, how structurally, how strong things are, very simply. Um, and, and, and we're very aware, and, and when we find the right clients, it's great, because sometimes you can say to them, look, why don't you spend a little bit more money here to save money over here? Yeah. Um, and you can have that honest conversation with them. Uh, occasionally, well, that, that goes, that, that will fall on our, we fall yeah. on our faces for that because they'll take cost. they'll take all our knowledge well actually they'll take all our knowledge and then band it around the industry yeah, right. so they'll kind of we'll redesign it for them and then they'll say okay fine well who can do it cheapest well yeah. and, and that's hard to take I suppose it's the same as any industry isn't it you you need to know what you're good at you need to know what your proposition is where your positioning is you know are you there for in there for quality and service are you in there for cost or are you in there for being quick yeah. And I suppose if you know where your positioning yeah. is, you find the customers that, as you've just said, that yeah. value you for who you are. I'm also intrigued, the construction industry is sometimes that barometer for where the economy is yep. going. I think it's quite well known in, in that regard. Where would you, you know, what's your vibe? We're sat here in October 2023, recording this episode. Where do you see the kind of economy and what's the feelers that you've got if we're going to use the construction industry as the barometer yeah i mean it's certainly it's certainly cooled a little bit it's not it's not mega at the moment um but equally it's 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 not it's not a disaster it's kind of i'd say it's kind of okay so we're ticking over we're, we're ticking over new it's, products are starting uh it's okay government spend seems um uh, strong mm-hmm. so uh and we'll get involved in a lot of and, and i i use Government spending a, a very broad um, uh, uh, definition. So that might be for us. Uh, we've done uh, some uh, greenfield, well, fresh prison builds. Uh, we've done some refurbs. Uh, we've doing a lot of hospital extensions and builds. Mm. We're doing a lot of school builds, okay. leisure centres, that sort of thing. So there's a certain aspect that the construction industry is not being propped up, but is support there, the investment by government is keeping it flowing. Yeah, and that's and that's probably the key thing that that didn't happen in in seven, eight. Yeah. Was was yeah, when that change happened, I think that in terms of schools it was building schools for future. Yeah. That whole scheme just got canned. Uh, and, and, and we had projects that we had orders for. We're about to we're about to start drawing. We're about to start yeah delivering in yeah. a few weeks' time, and suddenly realise the whole scheme just gets gets pulled. Um, I would hope, probably it's not a great strategy necessarily. I hope to think that governments have learnt from that. Yeah. And and usually the studies I look at for a, you know a pound going into construction more than a pound comes back into the into yeah. the into the economy so I, I i think there's a better understanding of that yeah. um and and looking forward i mean there's going to be uh, there, there'll be a general election next year at some point yeah. probably about this time next year would be my guess but um and i would see it that if there's a change of government, the new government will want to be seen to create some new projects, and you can do that very quickly in construction by by uh, de- yeah building things. So actually, yeah. people can Make physically see. Yeah. Um, and equally, if there wasn't a change in government, um, I can't see that the current government would want to contract from where they are at the moment. Yeah. I'm not sure they're looking to to massively up yeah. the stakes from there. So. Um, uh, feeling say, positive then relatively 
I think it's okay. Cautiously, I think it's okay. Cautiously, positive. cautiously positive. Uh, when I when I kind of look look into the next kind of um, uh, year or two, yeah. Okay. And it, I would like to touch on because one of the things that I admire about you, Mark, is the, as well as running the business, you do you know give a lot of your time or a proportion of your time to different community projects. You know, um, I think you're involved with school. You are a GU six mental health champion for Dorset Chamber. You're an enterprise advisor for BCP. Why do, Why is that important for you? I really, really enjoy all those aspects. Uh, and, and what you often find is the more you give in, actually the more you get back as well. I mean, I learned, uh, I became a school governor uh, when my kids were quite small. Um, I learned loads, uh, mm. one about school, but also about how the head teacher was managing her team. I was fascinated with it, um, how she referred to people, um, all the good things that she did. So although I was giving a lot, and actually I became a governor because they had a construction project that they needed some construction expertise in. So I was the lead governor for, um, for, that, for that build. But at the same time, you, 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 you're absorbing all this knowledge and then you can apply back into your own life, into yeah. your own business. So it, it's, it's never just giving stuff way. away. It's yeah. never a one-way. It's always a two-way street. You're always learning from people. Um, uh, little, little tidbits, little one-liners, little yeah. things. You always, always, always uh, uh, do things like that. I mean, the, um, yeah, I th- think the same on the, the GU6 champions, which came in as a as to support business leaders with their mental health mm. um and and that group is a really nice group of diverse diverse people what one of the people on that um is a is a is a client of mine as well um which is which is which is great um the enterprise advisor role now is is really really interesting because i i got a pro uh, i got approached for all these 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 roles the year, the year A one is uh, is the one that, when I speak to other business businesses, they're always saying about getting new people in. How do we get yeah. how do we get the best talent? How do we get people in? How do we inspire people? And and when I talk to now when I talk to schools, they're saying, well, we can't find businesses. We've got all these great people, and we can't find where to put these people. We yeah, you know, where how do where do they go from school? And I think BCP saw that. I know quite a lot of people in this area, business people. Um, and I sit as that connection piece yeah. between the business community and the schools. And I speak to careers leaders. Uh, I was in last week actually talking to them about networking and, yeah. and actually how that's a very long-term, yeah, it, it's, a, it's an approach to, to, to kind of a marriage rather than just a... Yeah. A, 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 a one-night stand. A one-night stand, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, they, and they need to, they need to. I think too much, they're thinking it's a one-night stand yeah. and, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's just yeah, not. networking is about building those relationships yeah, that work for you um, in the long term. Yeah, yeah. work for another one, of our, another one of our core values, building yeah. relationships uh, in the business. Um, so I, 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 and actually one of the things I talked to them about last week was I said, well, think about what, how, how do you introduce yourselves at networking things? I said, you can say you're a careers leader. Uh, and I think I said to them, I said, or you can say, if someone says, what do you do? You can say, well, I, I, 
I enable brilliant people to find brilliant jobs. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a different, yeah, that's different. different conversation. It starts a different conversation. And it starts, oh, well, how do you do that? Um, so I've been enjoying that role. It was, a, it was an odd time to come in because COVID hit literally as I became an enterprise okay. advisor. Um, so that was really weird because you couldn't go into schools um, and things like that. But it's, it's nice to see what schools are trying to do. It's nice to see uh, all the different options actually that are out there. I went to... I was in the local college just down the road from here uh, last week. And I had no idea that they did marine engineering down there. And they've got outboard engines that people can tinker on because not everybody wants to go and study A-levels. They, they want to be, they want, they're super practical people. They want to go and do that. So um, I, I'm, I, I am, I'm really impressed actually with, with the, the opportunities that, that young people have got now it's just trying to make sure they know what opportunities they've yeah. got and also the fact that businesses know that this is yeah, what's coming and through that's the missing piece and that yeah, that's the importance of the role isn't it as we start to wrap up this kind of our conversation we'll move on maybe some, some sort of quick fire questions um what's the best piece of advice you've ever received <laughs> and who gave you the advice um i think when i first came into the industry actually um uh so this is a very very specific piece of advice but i still remember it um working in the drawing office i was told um and our, our installer is called deckers and the guy said you gotta think like deckers think that's what he said to me. And I still remember that whenever we do anything now in terms of practically out on site. So you've got to think how they think. Yeah. Um, but you can apply that to other... Anything in life. To anything else. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And if you went back to 1998 uh, when you came out of the banking industry and, and joined the business, what advice would you give your younger self now having had this 25-year journey in the industry? Uh, certainly get into the numbers better and quicker, really, really better. quicker. Yeah, 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 much quicker. Uh, and, and the other thing really is to build an inner team. So build a really strong inner trusted team um, uh, much faster. Uh, and that can be uh, bringing in super trusted uh, accountants. It could be uh, solicitors. It can be business coaches, that sort of thing. So to, to really strengthen your inner inner team, probably outside the business. Yeah. who have got a different reflection on, on the world than the people that are inside. And for those of us that perhaps still struggle with this work-life balance, if such a thing actually ever exists, a piece of advice to try and find a better balance? Yeah, I, I, I heard uh, someone the other week talk about, uh, it's a little bit like when you get on an airline. He said, you've got to fit your own face mask first. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and I've struggled with that. Uh, I've struggled with that quite a lot. But you've got to find, find, uh, know when you're being triggered. Know when you think you're being a little bit run down and burnt out. Yeah. Identify that. And usually identify that when you're in a really good place, actually. Um, and then you can even share that with other people. So then they can say to you, hmm, hang on a minute, you tell me, yeah, you told me you get really snappy or something like that when, when, when you're starting to get a bit stressed, you're getting snappy. So go out on your bike, go, go for a run, go, go for a swim, go, go, and fight, go and do the thing that, that, that you love to do. Brilliant. Great piece of advice, Mark. I love that. Uh, 
is there any particular podcast or development, you know, personal or business development book that you would recommend our listeners go and seek out? Uh, Book-wise, um, depending on what stage you are, um, one that's probably not many people will know about, a little book called Seventeen. Uh, okay. super, small, super small book written by Michael Heppel who's, who wrote Flip It and uh, How to Be Brilliant things like that he's got a new relatively new book called 17 it's very small very simple if you don't like reading yeah. <laughs> you're not a big reader it's just all the good stuff in one very very small small book so absolutely um, absolutely love that um, apart from that things like uh, Atomic Habits by um, James Clear and his podcast yeah. and that sort of things a lot of things are habit related. Yeah, absolutely, um, definitely. All right, I'm going to personally seek out that book, 17. And as I always end the podcast, one final question, Mark. What's your personal definition of success? Uh, probably changed quite a lot over the past. Yeah, I think it does, doesn't it? As we um, go through life and we have family and kids and life moves on, yeah, it will yeah. change, definitely. Um, and I'll answer it on a, Bear with me with this, Warren. But uh, I was listening to... Blur's new album yeah and there's a song on there called Avalon yeah. and it says no, uh, and the opening line is uh, what's the point in building Avalon if you can't be happy when it's done yeah uh, so happiness to be honest. happiness increasingly happiness and that kind of balance is is my definition of success um, more than anything else brilliant thank you Mark I've really enjoyed our conversation it's been wide and varied some great inspiration and hints and tips in there for our listeners so thank you for being a wonderful guest on the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Warren. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.